Welcome to Champs Chats on the Sidious Mag podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, joined by the whole Sidious Mag gang, Kyle Merber, Dana Giordano, uh, Jasmine Todd, Caitlin Hutchison, and special guest tonight, Wallace Spearman. Wallace, thanks thanks for joining us. What... uh, you, you can you explain, I guess, for the listeners what your role is now with Team USA and and I mean, best ever showing by a team ever. So City whatever is it intern. is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> our intern for for the night. Hey, so first and foremost, man, I've been trying to get on here for a long time, so thanks for having me. Of course, we've been but, waiting. We know you're a busy man, man. I don't know about that. So I just took a job with the national office uh, May second. I am March second. Sorry, the associate director of athlete services. Okay, so I have a lot to learn and anything athlete through me eventually and now one more person with a world championship medal on the the panel right yeah <laughs> let's do it i got a few of them cool. yeah yeah it's pretty cool pretty stacked squad so let's let's get right into the action from tonight and we'll start with the the relays which is how we close out the meet um what a way to finish a meet yeah all right it's it's your favorite way to close out well i just think yeah. four by four is the perfect event because the u.s is just always gonna win i was never in doubt in, the, in either one of these two races yeah well especially on home soil i feel like every meet like wherever it is they should finish with that event so like if if we're in a different country, like let them get their best medal odd as the the final event. Oh, because it sends off the home yeah, crowd. Yeah, it happy. A, and yeah. So with us, the four by four, you know, it seemed appropriate. The women's four by four, we're talking off air. That world record is three fifteen. From how many years ago, and from who? The record is. Uh, 315, 315 by the Soviet Union back in Seoul in 1988. So, mm. you, everyone ah. questions what out there. <laughs> the American okay. lawyer is allowing okay. us to say. <laughs> <laughs> sleep. Yeah. The U.S. has run 315.51 also in Seoul in, 98, in 88. Um, but most recently, last year, uh, the women who competed in Tokyo in the final ran 316.85. And, and tonight we had a pretty similar showing. Uh, with the women winning in 317.79, nearly three full seconds over Jamaica, anchored by Sydney McLaughlin with a 47.91. Yeah. Fastest ever? Is I that? Know, is I that? heard the fastest ever 400 split. Uh, Allison Felix previously, I think, was 48.0. Okay. Oh. Allison did? Okay, we got to see who has the fastest. Yeah, um, we'll have to take that up. 47 is, I mean, by herself, too. That's the yeah. crazy thing. If, she looked like she had more. She yeah. On that backstretch, too, I feel like she opened up the last 200. And you know what? We're just witnessing kind of the start of something with Sydney. And I think coming into this, we knew she was something special. So it's really going to be wins that open 400 record going down. Well, now it's like... She's got the 400 hurdles record. We're seeing 47 splits next year. Maybe we see some 400 records chase. But, I mean, this team was just very, very good and mm-hmm. stacked. And they, they, Talitha got us started off, and it was like, you know, the show must go on. Like, you, you got to run the rest of the legs yeah. there. <laughs> but, like, it was a foregone conclusion. I mean, Caitlin, what did you think? Like, how did you felt pretty comfortable in your seat? Oh, watching? yeah. I, I already knew that we were winning. Like, okay, <laughs> I was I was a little scared when Abby got the baton because I think it was 
even between us and it might have been Jamaica that was next up. I don't remember the team. Yeah, it was it was pretty even on that handoff. And then um, I think Abby was still pretty close to the rest of the pack um, around the last 200. And then she does what Abby does. And then she opened it up. And then from there, Britton Wilson just <laughs> she. She, she made it awesome for everyone, and as we all know, Sydney really took it home and ran that 47 on her own. And then with the guys, yeah, I like there was there the race was for second and third. I'm sorry, like at that point, it was really just USA trying to race themselves. Well, so what's that confidence level like in Team USA hanging out going into this four by four? You're in those rooms, <laughs> man. The story for these four by four starts literally like some, some days and/or weeks ago. You have to think about it. So for the men's side, Fred Curley was r rumored to run on the football one and the football four. He got injured. So he's out. Ryan Benjamin, injured. Those are your two biggest stars that you can name <laughs> on your football four. So what's the confidence like? Hey, this is just a testament that USA is really deep. So I'm yeah. really proud of them for going out there and doing their thing. But say, from the first leg, uh, but say, Elijah. He had an opportunity to run the open four. He turned it down so he could get two medals in the relays. Like mm. that's that's a big deal. Yeah. And you have, I mean, just from start to finish, Bryce Deadman and the rest of the guys when they went out there, they ran with a lot of heart and a lot of passion. And to get a gold medal on your home soil, that's a big deal. Even on the women's side, we had four four ladies actually leave, so people were supposed to run in the open, and right. we didn't have anyone who actually made the finals of the 400, and we go out and get a gold medal. So, and. Little side story, Delilah was supposed to warm up, or she was running, so Abby was warming up in the back, and last minute, Delilah walks up to the coach and tells her, I'm injured. Really? Abby was walking out, yeah. so they had to go run and grab her. She did like two strides to kind of re-warm up and went out and run 49. Like, she's a soldier. And you gotta think, the first three legs are all, they're collegiate athletes. Yeah. Their legs are wow. supposed to be dead. Yep. And they still ran that fast. It's really impressive. So I saw a tweet that was floating around yesterday that it was like, imagine being the relay coach who had to give Allison Felix the call and say, hey, we need you out here. Who who does that? Whose job is that? And how, do, how does that go over? Uh, the, the women's relay coach is Michelle Freeman Lewis. Okay. And uh, she had been an assistant for many years. She worked with some junior athletes. She has a few junior world records on four by ones and four by fours working with those teams. Last year was her first time taking over somewhat in Tokyo. Um, she did about as good as she could. She could, and then the women's four by one. When you come out and watch, maybe you all know more than the rest of the world, but I don't think anybody pegged the U.S. to actually win that. Yeah. So some besides Caitlin, <laughs> except Caitlin. So Can you explain a little bit more about you know some of our open four hundred meter runners leaving? Is that something that typically happens, or they just decide to leave? Like what? goes down inside the Team USA camp? No, well, one actually had to go back to school. So she's in, I'm about to say, I don't even want to sit here and tell a lie. I don't know if she's in summer school or grad school mm -hmm. or what, but she chose her education. And I, I mean, from the time you're in college, elementary, doesn't matter. Education first, so no one can really get mad about that. Um, you had some others that were banged up and some others that just had some, some family problems. So none of them were really planned or expected, but at the end of the day, the woman still got the job done. How many athletes are just, you know, everyone's hanging out. There's a huge pool of Americans that are capable of being on four by ones or four by fours. How many are just saying like trying to lobby for themselves and say, I want in, All I want in, I want in. This is the four by four. You just said it. It's a gold medal. Like, literally from like, so I'm sure you all saw Grant Holloway and, and he wanted yeah. to run. Aaron Knighton ran on a team that ran 257. So he, Devin Allen. Has made even Ryan Krauser jokingly. So I mean, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tune in <laughs> day two. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. So, I mean, the guy, playful banter, but I think I could have ran ankle leg today. And we <laughs> <laughs> I saw Michael Johnson post a video of uh, him on Priest Trail going for a run. I was like, he might get the call, too. <laughs> is it politics or is it just straight, like, who's run well this season in this championship? I, I mean, like, imagine going to an NBA All-Star All-Star game and saying, you know, pick me the best starting five. Depends on who you are that day. So are there politics between the athletes and the, and the relay coach? You don't really see it. It's, just, it's honestly created like outside of that group. You don't see the athletes and they're arguing and bickering. Of course, when someone doesn't get to run, they're upset. But for the most part, I mean, I won't say everything is clear cut because once again, that's subjective, but it's, it's not it's not as messed up as you think. And this year they actually had relay camp where last year they didn't. So they got to iron out a lot of the kinks. So when things are going well, things go smooth. So you've been on the inside of what, like 20 U.S. teams at this point now? Like when, when was the first team you ever made? Oh, well, like a junior team and then like senior team was 05. Okay, so a very long time now you've been on the inside. Sure. Once the championship starts and Team USA is doing well, is the confidence just buzzing and it's like we're on one and everyone like is this this has got to be the it is the most medals that anyone yeah, ever. has ever won when did you guys get a sense on the inside that like something special was happening well i had a conversation with uh some of the people who are a lot more engaged in the science behind the sport and they gave me their predictions and they told me there's no way that we get more than 25 medals wow <laughs> okay really? okay that's so oddly specific 30 literally literally 30 minutes later we're seven up <laughs> i was like are we sprite or are we seven up? Like, we're seven up we're gonna get seven more medals and i was like that's funny how quickly you change that yeah so these athletes i mean you have to think about it your whole life the statistics have been against them you're not gonna make an olympic team you're not gonna make so when they hear those numbers about what you can't do i think that makes our team just thrive and they're all young too so good luck telling them they can't do something <laughs> Yeah, they really rose to the occasion here on Hayward Field as well. Absolutely. So Hayward got a makeover. Looks amazing. Team USA comes with the 33 medals. Do you think some of that is from the home soil environment that Absolutely. exceeds the expectation? There's no vibe check calculated into this 25. They did not calculate for the crowd. No, I mean, I definitely say that. People were concerned that the tickets wouldn't be sold and people wouldn't show up. I mean, the stadium was lit tonight. You hear me? Mm -hmm. yeah. It was amazing. And then for a lot of our collegiate athletes, they didn't have to travel overseas. Yeah. So they didn't have to get acclimated to different climates and cultures. And they were at home. People showed up probably, I don't know, if you know the sport, people showed up later to this championship than anyone I've ever yeah. seen. Some people were showing up like two days before their event. You can do that when you're at home. When you go overseas, people are showing up two and three weeks early. So I think a lot of the complications that we had to face, they just became, I mean, an afterthought when we're here. Do you think there's any lessons from this championships and the success that we had that we can carry over to, you know, next year and the Olympics beyond? Obviously, the advantage of having at home is plenty, but were there any things that we can still take away? I mean, absolutely joking, I would say that the lesson learned for me is that they'll never let us have world championships. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, as far as the athletes, I mean, I'd say the confidence that they had when they were here. Um, their families were here, so they probably had their support systems really close. That's something that I'd say here at USATF we'll look into, like about getting their coaching coaches there and getting their family there. Um, I mean, Athletes comfortable, athletes are trained, they're peaked and ready to go, primed and ready to go. This is what you see. 
What was what was the highlight for you? You know, or, with, yeah, for you personally, you know, this whole championship. And that's hard to say simply because every time I watched a race or watched a throw or a jump, I thought to myself, like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then the next day, I'm like, I changed my mind. That's the greatest thing. So, yep. I mean, I watched a world record today in a semifinal of the hurdles. Who does that? Yeah, I guess we should touch on that, <laughs> yeah. that result. We were still we back here at the today. house because we were like, oh, it's only the semifinals. Like, we'll, we'll we catch up. No, we missed out. I went to the bathroom. The biggest, mistake, <laughs> yeah. biggest mistake. Biggest mistake. I was the scene. Yeah, I was I walking from the uh, from the house to the track, and usually me and Jasmine are showing up like exactly on time when like the first race starts. So I'm like, oh, like you know, I don't have to go sit in my seat. Like I can just watch on like the the TV that's um like in the like concession area or whatever. And so then I'm like watching and watching and watching. And I realize that I'm watching a world record. I'm like, dude, I was like two seconds away from like watching that in person. I was so mad. Okay, Caitlin, how loud were you yelling when you watched it? I, I wasn't even screaming because I was like, wait, like, what, <laughs> well, you like, what just happened? You looked equally as confused as she did, I have to say. She crossed the line, yeah. looked at the time, and was like, no way. And then had to kind of have this gut check of, oh, this actually isn't what I need to win today. And they had this amazing on TV. They have this follow cam underneath showing a different part of Hayward Field that you don't normally see. And they were trying to get some sound bites. And you could just see going through her head. She's like, I got to find a quiet place to digest. (laughs) What just happened? You could tell that she actually didn't believe it, but got it done in the final the time. Um, Was absurd, but the win was in the favorites. 2.5. Yeah, it was... uh, Pretty windy. She ended up running what a twelve oh six. If I'm yeah. correct, I don't know if we said bit. Toby's no, name right, yet. Twelve oh six. Toby Musin. To- so Toby comes in front of twelve oh six. The world record. But I also want to kind of talk about what happened leading up to that because we didn't get to touch on it yesterday. We kind of um, went past it because we haven't really been touching on too much of the prelims. So yeah. Caitlin and I were sitting there watching. Um, we watched. Who was first? Nia was first. Yeah. Um, Mm. Nia was running a hell of a race, and unfortunately, she ended up clipping the eighth hurdle, fell over the ninth, and proceeded to, she finished her race, but obviously not advancing into the semis. And then oddly, coming up next was Alicia for Team USA, but then also Liz Clay. Um, Not sure what happened with Alicia. I think it was just kind of a weird thing. Um, She tweeted today. Did she? She said she got to first hurdle too quick and it just kind of set her just set her up because yeah she didn't even make really make it over the first hurdle and from there um she just kind of runs through pushing the hurdles down and liz clay i think she falls somewhere between hurdle five and six um so unfortunately those are some people that we were expecting to see make it into this final today but we did have kenny harrison and we also had Aaliyah armstrong unfortunately kenny ends up falling in the final Aaliyah comes out. She runs a heck of a race. We have Toby who runs. This, yeah. <laughs> this, she had two this race was absolutely insane. I like had a. I saw the clock and I was like, "Wait, what's a good hundred meter hurdle time again?" Like I had a. <laughs> My question was, "What's the world record?" Like twelve twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Twelve twenty. She came into the meet yes. with a personal best of twelve four one. Yesterday runs twelve four zero. Then runs twelve twelve in the semis. And everyone on Twitter they, like, is saying that there's her. an issue with the clock, that it's not legit, wind. Her, the man. wind was wrong, and all of these excuses. And 
she shut everyone sure up yeah. real quickly. quickly. And it doesn't, I'm like, yes, the win matters. 2.5 is not legal. But I think if you can run 12-12 legal and then a 12.06 a little bit illegal, you you got to put respect on right, the game. Right, right. So I had a brief to. conversation with Alan Johnson, one of our hurdle greats. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, honestly, the world record should be 11. Really? Oh. I couldn't tell if he was joking or not. So Just I mean, after it, watching that. Yeah, but what? She didn't have a great start in the final. Some dude on Twitter was like, if she fixes her start, she's going 11-9 yeah. easy. Well, we're all a little like, afraid huh? of the blocks. You know, with the incidents that have happened, we're all a little afraid of the blocks and the hurdles. So we didn't want that to happen. True. There's been a lot of conversation, too, about the shoes. And Wallace, I'd love to hear your POV about the shoes <laughs> in these times, though. I would say I wish we had those shoes when I competed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say. Everything outside of that, like, these kids are really amazing, but man, I wish I had those shoes. And sort of like even it, there's one factor of like the shoes are helping, the athletes are you know training better than ever, the stadium, the surfaces. There's a, a lot of factors at play, but you know, kind of again going back to sort of some big picture talk, Wallace. Do you feel that there's a bigger buzz about the sport, like or that it's palpable? Because for the longest time, you've been in so many, how many seasons and conversations have you had where it's like grow the sport, fix the sport, grow the sport, fix the sport? But like now, this was. This is a big moment, and like now it's, the job is to k take this momentum and keep it going. So how, how are you feeling about the buzz around the sport in general? Well, I can tell you right now from the execs and anybody who's in positions of power from either shoe companies, USA Track and Field, and either other federations, they're trying to continue this buzz. So next year, uh, the Diamond League final will be here, here yeah. in Eugene. So people, I mean, we want people excited about that. And USA Track and Field is coming out with their Journey to Gold series which we hope to get some more sponsors so we can make that bigger and actually support athletes a lot more. And I think people are excited about that as well. And just marketing, honestly. I mean, I've heard good things and bad things about what could have happened, what should have happened. At the end of the day, it's the first time we've ever had it here. And literally, even my family has been calling and saying, oh, we'll just go to the next one when it's in the U.S. And I'm like, no, nah, you don't get it. Yeah. Nah, it this is a different <laughs> different experience. That's the thing about sports. Um, like, you're not selling a ticket. Like, you're selling an experience. And every time is going to be different. And honestly, yeah, maybe the next time is better. But I feel like with this being the first time that World Championships was, like, held here, there's no way that you could replicate this experience. I agree. And I got to see a lot of even my childhood heroes come here. John Carlos. Tommy yeah, Smith Uncle got Johnny. Got and then I, mean, I saw Gail Devers here. Mari's Green has been yeah. here. He's been. He's here. been at the yeah. house. So there you go. Twice. <laughs> he might be here. <laughs> so I, Is he I, the back actually, gate? he's at the door. <laughs> he's actually at the back gate. Look over. Exactly. So I mean, I hear people say, I heard fans say, like, this is like a who's who of track and field. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the first time like people had access to. I mean, Jackie Joyner, Kersey, mm -hmm. from so top to bottom, and uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac. Went to Florida State. Now he plays for Orlando Magic. He and his family came. And I asked him, I said, you know, did you get paid to come here? Or are you? He's like, no, man, I wanted track to come fan. see. You a yeah. track fan? I wasn't. I am now. He's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm really inspired by y'all's hard work. So I see, see Charles, was it Charles Barkley's tweeting about it. Yeah. And, I mean, Magic, Magic Johnson. Johnson. And so it's, just, it's pretty cool, I think, at least. So what's your vibe check for the stadium? Oh well, yeah, we got enough. What got is your enough. vibe check? What do you want? To be more specific. One to ten. How how are you feeling the crowd in Hayward Field? Best oh, crowd you've ever been to was a ten. I mean, this was crazy. Like literally, like Kara Winger for her throw. It's oh, her last throw. The crowd's going crazy. 
Yes. For she javelin. Was, Have you seen that exactly. before? Yeah. Trevor Bassett in the 400 hurdles. Yes. Literally, it was silence. Like, oh, did he get it? Did he get it? And when they announced that he got third, they went nuts. To, I mean, Chris Nielsen today, whenever he jumps, and I don't know what kind of little hop or dance he was doing, but <laughs> like people just loved it from from start to finish. Like it was like they went through an emotional roller coaster. The 5K today, when our athlete went, we kind of got bumped. It was just, mm -hmm. and Mondo, the world, I can go through countless times where the crowd was just really engaged. So it was awesome. It was really cool. Three world records. What was the number on that? Was there statistics? Oh my God. Statistical estimate. It's been a long week of how many world records they would be. Yeah. Should you guys talk about that in the camp? was the over under that we made up. So we hit it. I, 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 honestly, I think people probably thought there were going to be a few more. More. Yeah. But mm. yeah. Which events? Was there? Some of our throws, I would say. Um, there was some talk. So in the women's 200, there were some rumors that it would be broken. Uh, the men's 100, there were some rumors that it would be broken. I like how you say rumors as yeah. if there's anything we can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm just break it today. I'm just nah, trying to be I'm real political. Yeah. And I'm about to say not necessarily expose people in private conversations, but I'll tell you, there definitely was a lot of talk. I saw a lot of talk about world records, so... I like the confidence, though. All right, so one of the races that I was most excited about today was the women's 800. Yeah. We had three Americans, which we've dubbed the big three, going in, but it was really a things race to lose in many ways, which is a tough position to be in, but when you, sure. you're you the Olympic champion, you run 155, you're running as well as she has, you know, I, I thought there was a chance she was not going to break the world record, but was going to run away with it. Yeah. And it ended up being way tighter of a race yeah. than You really you thought she was going to run away with it? Yeah, I, I, I thought so too. Oh, no. Yeah. Keely. You guys are yeah. Keely is a fighter. She's right there. And I think she doesn't get the big three competition in her trials. You know, she's head and shoulders. Oh, they have not yeah, head and shoulders. Mariki, they they do, Mueller, but she, I mean, Alex her PB yeah. is head and shoulders now. Yeah. 155s for both of them. Yeah. That was the first time I think I say with when the thing crossed that line, it, like she worked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was at the trials, and then at, at yeah, the yeah. Uh, just a month ago, and then now, and so, you know, I, was it you or, or someone in the mix one had said like I thought the season she had last year was the season we would have this year, and this season would have been the one we had last year. Yeah, yeah. last year like, it that, looked that's like just it was like a progression, but looked easy. It, it looked easy last year, and this year it didn't look easy. But the fact that it wasn't easy, and she still was able to pull yeah. out the U.S. title. And the world title, I think, I bet you there was something going on behind the scenes that she kind of hinted at a little bit in an interview, like that we don't really know everything. Right, yeah. And yeah. I mean, she had COVID earlier in the season <laughs> and mm -hmm. had to take some time off. And the ability to like step up and still win when things are not perfect, to me that says next year if we can get things a little bit more perfect. There, there were some really big changes for her if you go back and watch it she went to a&m a&m is known for racing they raced almost on a weekly basis yeah she didn't have those races this year that's huge for your preparation and your confidence as well because when you get to race yourself in shape now all of a sudden you don't have to worry about or think about what you can do so now with limited amount of races when she goes out here yeah it's gonna be a it, it'll it'll preserve her career some longevity to her career because yeah. she's not racing so much in the meantime, when she's going through those changes, you're going to see ups and downs. And how hard is that coming from like an A&M or an Arkansas to then becoming a professional? You know, you're so used to having that team element and that motivation, like such a crowd of you just going to leave Oregon out of there like that? Are you guys good? Oh, yeah, you guys are good, too. Yeah. <laughs> so how big, I mean, like, because those big, 
you know, power five schools, the way you guys approach it, it's a little different than being a professional because you're not, you're not about the team points anymore. There's a lot more structure in the, in the collegiate system than in the professional ranks. I'll give you that. When you're in college, here's what time you're supposed to be here for this. Here's where you need to be. This is what you're going to do. We're in, we're out. Coach can get you in trouble. Like, you know what you can get away with, but uh -huh. there's structure. When you're a pro, man, show up when you want. If you don't Freedom. want to, don't. Don't worry. Whenever you do bad in a competition, your paycheck will reflect <laughs> <laughs> those choices. And it's everyone works for you. When you're in college, you report to your coach. When you're pro, everyone works for you. So you have to control your team. Big change, big transitions. As far as the Power 5 schools, I can't speak for Oregon, but in SEC, every time you go to a meet, it's a dogfight. I mean, it's, it's, there's no easy races. So when you translate that to a pro and you're going to USA, you're familiar with the majority of the people because you've raced them on a regular basis. So I think it really prepares you. I, like I said, I can't speak for Oregon, <laughs> but in Arkansas. <laughs> Maybe Jasmine can speak for Oregon. Okay, yeah. what you got? You know what? I'm going to just be quiet. Oh. <laughs> but then, then we kind of had to have a little bit of fight when it came to Pac-12. So when we got into our conference, we did have to fight a little bit. Um, you know that scene in Goodwill Hunting when they talk about the the Red Sox game and he like describes everything that's happening and he was like oh I was in the bar across the street talking to like my future wife yeah. that was me tonight in the pole vault because Chris sends me a text and says hey Kyle mix zone now <laughs> which was a little uh, demanding to use the release <laughs> so I walked down because I think there's like an emergency like we got six athletes coming through we need another body down there as soon as I walk out of the stadium the crowd goes wild for Mondo. Oh. So if someone can tell me what happened, dude, you know it was <laughs> did my. Did you think you missed it? Yeah, Chris, did you see it? So you missed your fight. Did you see the bubble? Uh, yeah, I did. Wait, wait, wait. Did you oh miss God, Kyle, I would quit. Did you miss like? Both? Did you miss? Wait, how, how many? There was three world ones. records tonight, right? I came up with three tonight. Pre I missed the semi or the semifinals. Yeah, well, semifinals, the finals, finals, and then the, the, the pole vault, right? So did you see any of them? Wait, what was the third one? The finals didn't count though. No, no, the final wasn't a world count. record. It was a hundred hurdles. Worlds, what oh, they call it? The pole vault in Sydney. All, all I saw time world, world something yeah. like that. I saw Sydney's. It's the only one. So you it's didn't the see the one. other ones? No. What happened? <laughs> I would actually. All right. Let's all right. No more podcast. This is this is gonna be a setting for Chris and Kyle to fight. Yeah. He must be a baseball fan. I, can't, I assumed he was down there. That's actually kind of yeah. messed up. <laughs> the polo is actually top, a really like, really exciting yes, competition. Um, Mondo. You know, I think we have to you know pay our respects to Levine at, at first. You know, the Frenchman. He's a vet. We don't know how much longer he's been in this competition. Um, you know, on his last jump, kind of had to roll through it. And I don't know the next time, you know, this might be his last season. So I just want to shout him out real quick. Um, we had Christopher Nielsen from the U.S. had, like you said, one of the coolest celebrations. He was like dancing around <laughs> at 594 <laughs> as well. And then from the Philippines, Ernest John Obenia. Obenia had a area record of 594 meters. Yeah. But the story of the night with Mondo. And I want kind of, you know, Wallace, you your hype on this. I want to hear your take on this. Dude. I don't care what it is. If it's tiddlywinks to shuffleboard, like if in the world's greatest do it, it's fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. That front flip. I oh, saw that, that replay. That was, that was the moment of the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Not even the world record. It was the front flip. Plus, I'm scared of heights. So, never could do what they do. But literally, when you go watch this, this kid, he came out of nowhere, and you see kids all the time coming to the sport, and sometimes they don't make it. But this one panned out. 
between him and Sydney, those are the, the wonder kids. So that was awesome. Of course, I'm sorry. I'm American. I'm rooting for Chris. But, like, you got to respect what you just watched tonight. That was truly amazing. The thing that I think is so incredible. So first off, Mondo's world record was previously from indoors. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, Pole Vault accepts world records from either indoors or outdoors, which they're very different. And, you know, um, and, you know, in Belgrade, apparently that runway was like the bounciest runway of all time. And the fact that he, he went 6-2-0 indoors to then come out, you know, on a day in which no one else cleared six meters. It's not like it was like yeah. the perfect day and everyone's like he won the actual competition pretty easily. Like yeah. this yeah. has been consistently a little higher than he had to go today for the silver. But I do want to talk about. Um, EJ Obenya from the Philippines. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, like, well, Mondo, you know, some may say who is the story of the night. I think EJ is the story of the night in this in this one. So let's let's go back first because a couple months ago you wrote about him in the lap count. Yeah, so there's something that I, it hasn't gotten that much, you know, wind behind it yet in this story, but it is the Philippines' first ever World Championship medal, which is pretty cool. Um, but there was an issue during the indoor season between. EJ and the Philippines Federation about the handling of funds. I believe he's coached by, is he coached by Bubka or no, he's, I forgot who he's coached by. You can look it up, Chris. Cause it's like the coach. Um, Red and Walker? who is it? Red Walker. <laughs> oh, that's not the coach. <laughs> yeah. That, up, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, but, uh, he, he basically, there was a, a disagreement. Vitaly Petrov. Yes. And he's coached everyone. Um, and, there was a disagreement between the way he handled certain funds that were supposed to be meant for his coach and the payments were late and they don't know if he kept it or if he paid the coach. And the coach was like, no, I got paid. And there was just a whole disagreement. What a sport. <laughs> and apparently the Philippines Federation head might be a little bit more corrupt than, <laughs> than you, you'd want. And <laughs> essentially there was a big disagreement and he wasn't able to go indoors to Northern world championships because he, he was like basically banned by the Federation. He was appealing and it wasn't cleared in time. And he was, a Oh, was going to be, you know, I think the only Filipino yeah. man to go to the championships indoors and was a metal threat and then wasn't able to go. And luckily things were resolved shortly after the indoor season. And mm -hmm. now he comes out here, gets the medal for his country, and sets the Asian record. So, well, the story here is even a little bit crazier. I'm not sure how much you followed of, of this. On. So, one, he had like a lot of people. He got stuck in immigration for a day or something on his way here. This is from uh, Lindsay Lindsay Schnell from uh, USA Today, former colleague of mine at Sports Illustrated. She was telling me, "Was like, hey, do you know uh, his story?" And I was like, oh, "I know Kyle wrote something," but then she shared some more. So he's the only, like you said, the only athlete athlete in Eugene from the Philippines. They didn't send a federation. It was just him and his coach, who's Italian. Then uh, Doug Binder, who works for Diestat, and his wife, who's Filipina, uh, organized a small welcome reception with the local Filipino community and held it at a church. Fifty people who have never met him before showed up. Um, brought him a ton of gifts, made him a ton of food, um, and he told her that he hadn't had a homemade Filipino uh, meal in like three years. So he was ranked sixth in the world coming to this, just took bronze. And then on top of that, uh, at, at the dinner, after he finished eating, they uh, took the plate 
that he had, they washed it off and had him sign it. So, oh um, my God. no. So, I mean, like, it's just like stories like this. You sometimes have to look beyond just like Who the results. Who needs a world record? Yeah. I just, any of that. I want to shout out Jollibee. I think there's one or two in Queens. Filipino food is good. <laughs> <laughs> is it spicy? No, no, no. It's like game. Yeah. yeah but they've got some food? crazy desserts. Yeah, spicy food. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a really great yes. culture within the pole vault too. You know, they yeah. spend a lot of time together. It's the same guys in the circuit. You're seeing them kind of help each other. They even lend each other poles because their poles inevitably get break stolen and broken by the airlines. And I think, you know, seeing them come together, obviously the story is amazing too, but Mondo being the only guy in the competition going over six meters, skipping from 6.06 to 6.21, not making it on his first attempt, nailing it. Right, was it right after the four by four? Right after, yeah. Immediately. Yes. So the energy's up right after the four by four. Crowd goes wild. I think that might have been the loudest cheer of the whole meet. Maybe says world record, but that was kind of the perfect punch to the end of a t- ten day competition. And I love how they break the world record like just a, just, bonus yeah. after bonus. So thought out, like that is amazing how they can do that but was, i love it there was part of me that thought lot. that um <laughs> that in the, in the 110 going. hurdles uh what was her name that broke the world record um toby toby, toby. i thought she wasn't even going to show up for the final she's like i made my yeah, i got the hundred like, i'm good, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but then she made another seventy thousand on top of that yeah. for winning oh, gold. really so, good day at the office yeah. for her agent um <laughs> yeah. jasmine what about that women's long jump oh my goodness okay <laughs> Let me, let me pull up my results for okay. you. Okay, got some things to say. Do you have things to say? I, you know what? I'm just happy that there was seven meters. Okay, I, I, I'm always happy with a long jump when there's a seven meters. Not only did we get one, we got two. Um, Mahambo, she, she won it with the seven twelve. She was struggling a little bit. Uh, scratched her first two jumps made it to make it into the actual finals because when you come back for the field events you have your prelims you come back the second day you have three jumps and then they take what the top eight um continue and get another three jumps so her first two of those six she scratched she <laughs> jumps a 698 to clutch it then she comes back again jumps a 709 um she ends her last jump with a 712 which the world lead right now is a 713, so she just missed it, which was absolutely incredible to watch. So I was very happy watching that, although I was very, very tired. So I was fighting sleep <laughs> while being very excited to watch yeah, this. Yeah, Jasmine was knocked out in the stadium. <laughs> um, S.A. Broom, she came out here, jumped. <laughs> she jumped a 702. So proud of her. So glad to see how much she's been working. She opened up with a 661, so she secured her spot moving on. Um, not much to say after that. Uh, third place, Leticia, the Brazilian. I was completely, I'm not going to lie, I was shocked because I think this is the first time in a while that I've seen a Brazilian take home a medal in the women's long jump. But she has had a remarkable yeah, year. First time ever. So, first time ever. So, yeah, I was, I was like, whoa, a Brazilian, this is like <laughs> insane. But she's had a remarkable year. Out in Brazil, we jumped against each other, and I was just like, where did this girl come from? Who is she? Like, no. I was really upset jumping against <laughs> her because I didn't know where she came from. Um, and then our American, Quinesha Burks, she comes fourth. She was battling it out. Unfortunately, she she missed that that podium. She jumped a 688. Um, 
She's a friend of the pod, and yeah. it, and she's someone who, you know, is going to be on the stage for a really long yeah. time. I think has proven herself to she's be leveling up. But that competition today led led from the front, kind of was the, the next level. And yeah. I think, yeah. is, is there anything to be said about, you know, the new system of, you know, that was kind of a story of previously of, you know, the technical system of, you know, fouling, things like that, kind of a non-factor today? I, I don't think it was too much of a factor. It was just a lot of fouls, and most of them were legitimate big fouls when it came to the long jump today. So it wasn't too much of the, the small toe roll Thank over. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to Q right after uh, she came through the mix zone. Well, I mean, for a lot of it, she was crying, and uh, she and I have some history with like the story that I wrote on her for Sports Illustrated and we've done podcast episodes before. So she finally gets to me, collects herself. And then, you know, just weeks ago when I had her on my podcast, she was manifesting really like she's all about verbal manifestation. She's like last year, you know, recording videos of herself saying, I'm going to be an Olympian. I'm going to be an Olympian, which like scary for some people to like, you know, be that bold. But she made that happen. And this time around, the whole thing was like, I've been on enough, you know, teams that now I just want, I want to come home with a medal. And so to be 0.01 short of it, yeah. like it obviously mm -hmm. stings and hurts, but um, you know, she's, she, she says she's already going to start like looking forward to what is ahead uh, the rest of the season. Cause she's been, you know, racking up the diamond league invites. And so, um, you know, hopefully she can get some sort of redemption um, with the diamond league final and down the road the rest of the summer. So um, not the last time you'll see Q at the world stage. That 5k. Yeah. It was hot to run a 5K. I got a new favorite athlete from that 5K. Really? Yeah, Oscar Cholimo? Safan. Safan yeah, was yeah. her favorite athlete from yesterday. Well, now I have a new guy athlete. Okay. I love Inga Britson. <laughs> he's great. Oh, my God. Like, he just runs and he's just like, did you know hey, he, you lost? <laughs> Caitlin, he has a reality TV show. Can I watch it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on, uh, are you, wait, are you serious? Yeah. Serious. No, because oh, he's wow. actually like so cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know nothing about the guy. He just looks like a 12-year-old with tattoos. <laughs> 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 no, he crushed it. And it was like, once he went to the front, he was he the Kenyans challenged him for like a short amount of time, but then no one really let up. I he was drinking water yeah, in the toying middle. with the field. Yeah. Did you see that though? Yeah. I've never. Who see does it that? Happen, but I was sitting next so, to well, a no, couple people and they're like, "What? He didn't miss anything. Really? He didn't mess up. Okay. In a distance race, if someone holds the cup where they're handing you the cup, where are they supposed to hold it? Because there's technique to that, is there not? Like the bottom of the cup. At the bottom of the cup. So, so the officials are holding at the top of the cup. Yeah. So you're supposed to hold it. First of all, unsanitary. Come on. I've never taken a cup in a race before. Okay. Neither have I. But it's my job to learn what the athletes need, and I'm learning. Dang it, I'm learning. So literally, the official holds it from the top. So the bo proper technique, so I've learned today, hold the cup at the bottom, and you hold it in the direction that they're going. So when they grab it, you get an extra like support. a hockey puck. How fat it. is the manual book that you have to read? <laughs> yeah. I, cup position. I kind of have to make it. I'm, yeah, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you literally from pole vault to pole vault. Quick note: United is stopping. They're going to stop carrying poles August 5th. Would have had never had what? a reason to know that before. Now I know, so we have to figure something out. Do you think it's like a frequent problem from United? Interesting. I think it's Paul, you know, how many people are traveling with Paul? I just started, so I don't really know. I never really had to. It's okay. To me, it was like Delta anyways. So. Yeah. I don't, hopefully that still works out. I still don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to figure it out. I'm new. Give me give me a minute. Give me a minute. 
the cups thing was wild. And but the like, second thing, though, he just said it on the table. So the next time when he came by and he actually got the cup, they were like, forget it. They just put it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> so the athletes like ran by again and got it. Well, what is going bad. on? I thought for some reason, like, you know, because he, he likes to play games with, with his uh, opponents. And he's, he mentioned something when he passed by in the mix zone uh, that he thought that the volunteer was going to come and, like, hand it closer to him yeah, he was so doing, yeah, you're so right. i was wondering that he was going to try and get the volunteer to get in people's way oh you said and like, and yeah they need like a hunger games <laughs> thing where it floats down from the sky <laughs> yeah yeah okay uh, water in a 5k though never seen that before. it's hot though it's hot it well, was I hot water in a 10k makes sense i've never seen water in a 5k i got nothing yeah. Uh, for that. I mean, we'll that Wallace out. is still learning. But the race went out really fast. At one point, we're like, oh my gosh, how fast is it going to go? And then they just slowed down. And everyone be basically became back in it. And we're like, why are you guys doing that? Jakob's in the field. Don't let it slow down. And they really did. And honestly, it's the 5K specialist's fault that Jakob won. 54 second final lap, I believe. That's nuts. Yeah. But like looking around, waving to Caitlin, <laughs> saying what's well, up. Kiss actually has a very long time girlfriend yeah. or wife. Fiance. I mean, oh, wait, no, I don't like him. I just think he's super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sounds good. Yeah. You know what? Saved it. <laughs> Goodbye. So, so, Goodbye. So if he asked you on a date, you would say no? I'm saying he looks like a 12 year old with tattoos. <laughs> oh, so you don't like that? No. He's like 62. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I know somebody right. that's six three. Looks Jacob, more like a child than he's twelve does. with tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Jacob well, Kroc takes silver. Yeah. Canyon. Yeah. Ran twelve forty six earlier in the season in Rome. Came out um, silver. You know, relatively unheralded before, but even more so is Oscar Chalimo. Oscar yeah. Chalimo. You know, Got I guess it. he was third in the World Cross, mm-hmm. and that's probably the the thing he's best known for. His personal best was only thirteen oh six. I don't think he even made the final last year. In the Olympics, but it's uh, Chet's a guy from Uganda. It's not him. Well, That's, there's also Jacob Kiplimo. Uganda has been on the rise. Yeah, you would think Chet's a guy was the one who is going to be a medalist, but uh, meanwhile, it's Oscar Chalimo, and he came in, swooped in. But there was a little bit of chaos that last hundred. Our yeah. boy Grant got mixed up. Man. Grant was in medal position. Uh, I going thought he was in the third, last and then he just disappeared. He no, got played. it looked like he got uh, tripped up a little bit. I don't know if yeah. it was either the rail or, or might. If you look closely, mm. could have been his own teammate uh, from the Bowman. People the were, what they were saying was Crop coming in and kind of impeding him around the turn. Didn't take the full stride around the last straightaway, but he really was in third. Shifted back into six, a huge shumble, but Twitter is up in arms. You know, it depends what team you're on at that point, but either it really it just sucks for Grant Fish. Yeah. Really yeah. I got to talk to him, though, after the race. Uh, he and a thing, we were walking towards where the team was walking on the track. Yeah. I said, man, how you doing? Actually, I'm okay. So, like, he had a really positive attitude, and you love to see that. For me, the ones that handle it well typically go home and work their butts off and come back the next year stronger, mm-hmm. so... I mean, he had That's a really positive Grant. attitude, and I asked him, I said, hey, so what happened? Did you hit the rail? He said, no, I just got tripped up a little bit, and then it probably was too soon, but I said, have you ever ran 4x4s? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, he told us he would split uh, 49. 49. He thinks 49? he's good for 49. Uh, he said, he said I don't have enough foot speed, so that actually, I'm <laughs> yeah. glad that, okay. He's too yeah. slow for a women's team. <laughs> would have made it a challenge for <laughs> them. But, but, but I wanted to tell him, like, outside, bro, outside, yeah. outside, but... Way too soon. I That's didn't go that here. far. Yeah. The yeah. baby is learning because yeah. he also looks like a 12-year-old, but mine's <laughs> <Okay>. tattoos. 
Caitlin just taking shots down the last. <laughs> now, day. Chris, there's a lot of people excited about our fourth place. Finish. Yeah, and it, admittedly, I was very excited too. Uh, Luis Grijalva from Guatemala, uh, representing not only just his country and the Flagstaff community and NAU, but also like the Dreamers, uh, the, the DACA recipients here in the United States, because. Um, he was a big story leading into the uh, Tokyo Olympics because it, he literally got there at the last minute because he needed a special visa and permission to leave the country or else it was self-deportation and he would have never been able to get back. And now this this year, he's also had to get some special permission to compete at some Diamond Leagues. Um, he's about a year and a half into his professional career. And today we kind of really saw for the first time, I guess, like the big fruits of what that professional career's potential could be because he was not afraid, got right up there in the lead pack, right from the gun, and hung on. But the best moment was, like, it, like he got emotional talking to me uh, in, in the semifinals because I brought up the fact that him and his uh, roommate, former NAU teammate, training partner, Abdi Hamid Nur, uh, made the final. And he got emotional because they're brothers. And, uh, like, you know, they say they're, they're brothers and they're, they've got this close bond. They've been through so much together. And then today... They get to line up at the World Championship final together. They they uh, kind of like embraced and then raised both their their hands together at the starting line and then um, fourth in the world to come in like a season's best, so close to his personal best. Afterwards, Abdi Hamid, who ends up finishing eleventh, uh, was all smiles because he's like, I can't believe it that Luis made not only made the final but also finished fourth in the world. Luis said to us afterwards that. He'd only really been working out for the last like three weeks. He's had a couple setbacks uh, of injuries, and now he's—I mean, this is a big indicator. And of course, now it's going to open the door for more diamond leagues in the seasons ahead. In the season ahead, he thought he was going to shut it down, but now he's got to get back to work to get that special permission for him to be able to, con- you know, to compete against um, the world's best again. So. Uh, an amazing story. I hope it gets out there more. And he was so excited in the mixer that he was like running to get Aww. through the media because uh, he just wanted to say, you know, thank you and, and embrace his, his coach, Mike Smith. Um, and so, no, I mean, the training group is is in uh, they're, they're in for some special things, I think. Yeah, I saw Rachel Schneider after who's really part of that family as well. And the smile paced on her face after seeing Abdi Nur make the team. And of course, Louise, it's like they're really a family in Flagstaff. And it's just been an incredible experience. I, I think I we our guest Wallace actually has to head out, so I really want to get your final takeaways from this meet and what you're looking forward to um, for Budapest. Honestly, this team is so young. I think a lot of these athletes are still developing. I think we're only scratching the surface of the pen- a potential of a lot of our athletes. And usually, when the bar is raised at the professional level, the collegiates aren't too far behind. So I think we have reintroduced ourselves to the world, or at least in the U.S. We've let people know this is actually a sport. It's, it's not boring to watch. What are y'all doing anyway? <laughs> I'm going to say we might need to add some gambling and other things. But yeah. as far yeah. as on the track focus, I do have one question I want to ask, though, and it was about the rankings. I might get in trouble. But oh, I'm in. I'm in. So, I hate the rankings. Let's no, go. this is different than that, okay. though. But I, I'm, I'm right with you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right with you, though. So coming here, I thought it was kind of weird where you saw they had people's world rank, yeah. although I think that's important. I think it. Do you think it's confusing? Oh my God, it was confusing. When Cindy McLaughlin comes up on the screen, world ranking number two. That doesn't (laughs) make a lick of sense. Yeah. So do you feel like they should see the athletes once they get here, so people can kind of follow more, or do you think they should stick to the, like, so NCAA tournament? What am I doing? Am I? Oh. (laughs) You have something that you want to say? Very excited, David. David, take off screen. (laughs) 
is Take it, David. agreeing with Wallace, I believe. Sorry, this, is, this is me hopping in <laughs> off screen to just say. I like it. I like we, it. We had a, so Kyle in the lap count um, published literally a text conversation that, that me and him and Mac had where basically we talked about how the world ranking system absolutely screws over NCAA athletes specifically because so many of those athletes are underranked based on where they compete in the NCAA. And there are reasons for that. You know, there's different testing standards. There's all sorts of different stuff. The rules but it's different. just crazy when you have Joe Fombelay coming in to the 200 final, uh, you know, rank, I think he was ranked like 12. And you're like, this is not the 12th best 200 runner in the world. Yeah. It's just, he's just not. And I it's confusing it for the fans. in the comments of the chat just said. So, yeah. and, and it's, you know, it's one thing. It's like someone like a thing or, or Sydney, like that's more about how often they race, I think. But it's another thing where the NCAA athletes have just, they've raced all year. We know exactly what Abby Steiner is capable of, but because the the way that the meets that they compete at are weighted, they're, they're pushed so far down in the rankings. It's, it makes a mockery of the rankings because they're just not reliable. I'll hop back out until Wallace <laughs> Thank leaves. you so much, correspondent <laughs> David Milley, for that. How, what do you think? Uh, I'll say for our collegiates, and I just now found out I'm learning this at a very quick rate, but their competition rules are different than yeah. world athletics rules. Mm. So that's one reason I think they, they realize that they kind of have to give them some leeway or some grace in that situation. But we definitely got to do some more fine-tuning on that, I would agree. But just coming in, I, I don't know what I would expect. Just maybe something where they, like, revamped maybe some rankings for the people coming in or predictions or projections or It's context at the end of the day. You for know, sure. if you're coming yeah. in and you see that Keely Hodgkinson is number one and a thing is number two, you're like, of course – Keely won the gold medal and you're like, no, it's not how that happened. And if we're really putting our championship meets, the Olympics, and we're having I'm you know, Kyle, you probably know this. How many years are there gonna be championship meets? Every year until like twenty twenty eight? It's like we just have to when someone tunes into NBC, they've never seen this before, there needs to be two minutes of context, something a page where you can go where you can really learn very quickly about setting the scene. I wanna be cognizant of your time. We're okay? Yeah, I'll make it. I'll be all right. <laughs> okay. I'm fired tonight, then I'm hopefully I got a new job. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just joking. I'm just You're joking. You're definitely I'm our joking. intern from here on out. But, but, but honestly, though, so it makes me wonder this as well. So when you watch the rankings, that's one thing. I, I think I was looking at some of them. The highest ranking I saw was like 22. or Like, don't get me wrong. When you watch NBA playoffs or NFL or any other sports, I might see, you know, the Cinderella team who's higher ranked. But if I'm watching a sport and 22 is playing against one, I'm like, how is this a championship? So for me, like maybe we could clean that up a little bit and then like I'll keep the rest. Of, maybe I can come back. I have, I'll, you have I'll, some thoughts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> last question. What could you run for a 200 right now? What could I run like today? Yeah, yeah. We go spike up. You get the good spikes on Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my hamstrings would cooperate or my Achilles. So you have to give me like um, – Two months. Two months. And I could run 20.7. No. Whoa. That's a big I prediction. <laughs> yeah. Y'all think that's, that's not. That's Mike that's that's drop. 20 I, mean, I just, I ran, I'm like, I ran 20.3 or 4 last year. I'm, I'm yeah. doing all right. Yeah, you yeah. still got it, though. I no, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> How many years you are like we from Masters job. stuff now? I'm already there. I'm 37. No, yeah, it's 40, right? No, they changed it. 
That's questionable. Yeah. I feel like 40 is master. Kyle does not want to be a master. Yeah. yeah How old are you? They changed 31. it. 31. Yeah, you're a baby, man. <laughs> you still got similar right. on your breath. Like you good. Hey, you've been hanging around here for a long time because you've been using that joke on me all week. What? Similac. Yeah, you got because some. She you know, Kaylin's 19. She's ageist, and she's about five, and she thinks I'm, I'm old. I'm 21. So can Thank you, you. Can you imagine how can you old she thinks you are? <laughs> no. no. Drop, <laughs> drop the <laughs> Okay, I got to go. I got to go. Don't get mad at me. I'm very sorry. Shin. I'm going to buy it. No, no pick can you five. Five. I can real? see it. I don't even know. No. You can't. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to shut you all up when I go win the NCAA championship next year. Yay. Okay. That's gonna Period. be just the opposite. I think everybody would actually scream. Yeah. I think no one would be quiet. Shut up. <laughs> I think everyone would cheer for you and be happy for you. I think. Wallace, thank you so much for thank coming on Champs yeah. Chat. Good Appreciate it. Mean to have you all week. See you hey. never. We're yeah, gonna have you on fault. for a dissection of what you think can be done better at a later time. We'll we can't yeah. Let me learn a little bit and then I got you. Yeah. Okay, or two more. Months. Two months. 200 and the dissection? <laughs> One mm. camera. Now nah, that's too much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but I got you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I really yeah. appreciate yes, it. Well, I appreciate it. All right, drop the, I'm going to set the mic down. <laughs> Should have dropped it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. My best friend. Would you laugh? No. Yeah. No, never. You know so, I would. Exactly. <laughs> final, final thing. Right? We have one more event. Decathlon. Decathlon. Caitlin. Oh, the emotion. I, I think Caitlin should really, really talk on, because we know she, she's queen Aiden here, but then Please. also sitting so close and see, we got to like see those emotions so close. The oh, sweat. The oh power. man, they was, it was a, 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 a funeral down there. It was a whole bunch of dead bodies. <laughs> it was a little scary. All you, they came across, drop. Drop, drop, drop. And then you have Aiden, who's just running up and down the 100 meter straightaway, talking about, yeah, that's me, that's me. And I'm like, do you think he thought he meddled? So I asked him. So I was in the mix zone. Melly, the last Melly in the mix zone report. Melly in the mix zone report. Cue the theme music. So I interviewed Aiden in the mix zone, and he, I asked him, I said, like, did you think. Because so for, for those of you who weren't in the stadium, his name popped up third first before they were, um, you know, uh, got all the results together. It actually popped um, up first. first. Yeah. Well, it was on third for a while on the screen. And I, I asked him, I was like, did you think you got third? And he said, you know, at first I didn't, but then I thought about it and I was 300 points down. And so I was the one people were, he was like, people were cheering for me. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way. <laughs> um, but he also, he had a great line in the, in the mix zone that I think is like doing pretty decent numbers on Twitter right now, where he said, uh, I'm the fourth greatest athlete in the world. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's the decathlon. Like he's like, the decathlon needs more respect because that's the event that shows us who's the greatest athlete in the world, yeah. which is a hot take, but I, I also like it. I mean, you can do everything. I feel like you are the pinnacle of what an athlete is. Like, you don't just run really fast. You don't just um, throw really far. You don't just jump really far. You do all of those, well, majority of those things really well because, you know, every multi has their, their Achilles heel. But it was so much fun, like, seeing how happy he was. Like, 
like Jasmine said, we saw his name first. And so everyone in the stadium was like, oh, like the kid got first. And then his name drops down to third. And we're like, oh, snap. Like, but then he might get popped good. up. And then he gets fourth and he's still smiling. He's like, I did it. He's I like, care. oh my God. Like he's praying. Like he's he's still running up and down the hundred, like literally smiling. And you would you would think that he won. But yes, it, but I can't wait till he wins. Yes, oh my god, oh my they gosh, and I think he's I, only like twenty. So. I feel like the storyline along with that for everyone who was here and got to witness that the day that he wins, all those fans that sat there and watched mm-hmm. all those emotions process through him in that moment is gonna make that just so much more sweeter for him. Yeah, and us. I'm a new fan. So Same. Dana, Aiden fan. You must notice the team tactics in the in the decathlon 1500. Do you want to talk about that a little? Yes. Can you pronounce his last name? That's my Owen. Achilles. Zemek. Zemek. Yeah. So Zemek was you know on the border of the position to medal, and Stephen Bastian was really helping him out. I think he was acting as his pacer, pulling him through, mm. and. You know, they're, they're both Americans. Going, yeah. Both Americans. Going into the final lap, Bastian looks back and kind of gives him like a, come on, man. Like, let's do this. Comes to the finish. And, you know, they're exhausted at that point. But it was a really beautiful moment. And I think, you know, as we lead into the takeaways of these championships, I think for me it was, you know, Wallace said it best. Like, this is the new generation. This is a really young team. And, you know, we had Allison Felix come through. Now we have Sonia Richards-Ross in the booth. We have Kara Goucher in the booth. It's like the next generation of athletes who are stepping up and new storylines. And I think that's my overall takeaway is that I'm just a fan of a lot of really incredible new athletes. Well, then should we segue into the Hayward Magic moment yeah, of the entire championship? The entire championships? All right. Are we allowed to double up or no? Everyone well, needs, everyone needs to pick a different one. All right. All right. I'll go first. I, I just want to hear everyone's like kind of closing thoughts on the championships too. Like, All right. Well, this podcast is going a little long. So. <laughs> yeah. Hayward magic moment yeah. of the meet. Ooh. Well, of the meet? if we all pick someone different, then I'm going to go. I'll start us off. I'll take Trevor Bassett off the table. Wow. I like Trevor's whole story. I think he's like the type of athlete that we were really hoping that um, – you know, we, we started following his story back in January, but a championships like this really put him on a platform and on a stage that um, allows him to become a bigger star beyond this and, you know, hopefully take this, you know, momentum to springboard to not just next year in Budapest, but Paris in 2024. And, you know, he's one of those guys who feeds off, you know, the confidence uh, that and, and the fandom around him. And so um, pure character, the story about with him and his coach, it's just incredible. The how Ryan him tag it's it was storybook I think so I'm going right uh, to with uh, Trevor Trevor I'm gonna go with Aaliyah Armstrong because me and Jasmine had the pleasure of meeting her family on the corner while we were walking back from one of the morning sessions and um, I just think her story is absolutely amazing. She had a few setbacks this season, but my awesome great coach, Coach Green, during uh, SECs, I think is when she cramped up um, and, and some issues happened. And he was just like, you know what? God just said, it's not yet. Don't worry about it. And she came out here. She had two PBs and got fourth. So I am absolutely stunned by her. And then also we share the same uh, uh, Build-A-Bear stitch. So. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. she, she's got a stuffed animal stitch. It's really cute. She carries it everywhere she goes. Um, 
Mine, I'm going to say my guy who's been in the gym, Michael Norman, bringing home that gold. The reason why is because being on that team with him in 2019 and him getting injured and knowing that he just left immediately after that race, to see him come back and just redeem himself at this world championship on home turf was absolutely amazing. So mine's a little outside the box, and it was something I was thinking about when I was writing the newsletter tonight that, that will go out tomorrow. But, um, you know, my magic moment is Team USA breaking the record um, for, for overall medals won. But when I think about that, what that really represents to me is the diversity that track and field represents. And it's so interesting because the whole, the whole time, this whole 10 days, as I've tweeted from Sidious, we've had sweeps, we've had a lot of great moments for American track and field. And one of the phrases that I've avoided um, is proud to be an American. Because we're in a really difficult, complicated time right now as Americans. There's a lot going on in the world outside Eugene that we're processing right now. But you see Team USA and you have people from all different backgrounds, all different races, queer representation. Arian Knighton's 18 years old, Sarah Hall's 39 years old. You know, you have Abdi Nur coming to America as a kid and, and representing Team USA internationally. I'm sorry, but it just, it speaks to something so beautiful about our sport. And so it's just so affirming when there's so much to be upset and sad about right now to see just how much people can achieve. People can, people, no matter where you come from, no matter what you represent or, or your background or where your values come from, you can have your dreams come true and you can represent your community and your country. And like, it's, I just feel so cynical sometimes and coming out of these championships, like it, it just gives me hope for like the future <laughs> and, and our, you know, our country and, and our sport and like humanity <laughs> and like, sorry, that's like very dark and serious, <laughs> but like it, it really is like true. And, and it just, you know, we, we joke like our love track and field is like the Sidious motto, but it's like, it, it means so much more than track and field. And, and that's what, that's what this experience has really reminded me. Good luck following that up, guys. Well, know. you know, I was about to say, you go, Dana. I, got, <laughs> I feel a little bit like my friends who went after Shellyann uh, earlier this morning. But, you know, I think overall we had a really amazing time here at the Sidious team. I think my takeaway is that the power of track and field comes from diverse voices from this side of things, being able to tell stories and in the mix zone and all the work that's being done there as well. Um, we are just really fortunate to be here. These are all, you know, new friends that we've made over along the way. And um, a little, you know, back to the humorous side of things. My legend, 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 legend. Oh my God. 
Mind is legend. Um, legend. You, the big one. You guys didn't see this hilarious mascot in the stadium, but really brought the vibes up. This is a little legend. It's actually going to Leisha, Kyle's little baby that he's been away yeah. from all week. So, um, yeah, I think overall we had a great time. We are so grateful for all the support from you guys. And I love track and field. I'm going to uh, – my, like, performance was going to be Sydney, obvious. Like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But I do want to just say we've had so many conversations with people in this sport this week, both, you know, between the 35-plus hours that we've been live on YouTube, but also outside of the stadium and, you know, like, just around the house of people stopping by or at the bars or restaurants. And I just – I know we talk a lot about fixing the sport and what can we do better and, you know, growing it and is this good or is that bad. And all I can take away from it is that there are so many people who are – diehard, passionate fans that have such great intentions. And maybe sometimes we disagree about the best course of action moving forward, but I have a lot of confidence that there are really, really good intentions from top to bottom and a lot of people who love track and field. And I you know, know that we're really passionate about it. For me personally, I'm inspired by this group, like the amount of work that has been put in for our production and the coverage this week, I'm leaving exhausted, but also hopeful and energized for the future. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I guess I'll have the final words, right? To close this thing out. Before you get the final words, can we just say, like, we're all here because of Chris. Like, not to, like, oh, inflate your enormous Chris, ego. Chris, but, no. Chris, You know, Chris, all of this is possible because of Chris's, like, in incredible work ethic and incredible vision for the sport and for Sidious and, like, you know, if you're in the chat right now and you, it, it, the six people Chris still F. watching, like, Chris. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Yeah. Let's not forget Mac, the man working behind the scenes. Yeah. We love you, Mac. Hi, Mac. No, I mean, like, I, this is a l 10 days, 12 days, however long we've been out here. Like, it's been, it's been a long time. I'm but, exhausted. you know, the champ should be five days. All of the planning that, you know, when I, took the leap of faith to do this thing full time in January. Everything has been kind of all systems go pointing towards this. Um, Cause you know, in the conversations that Kyle and I have had, it's like, we just see this as a tremendous opportunity to continue to push stories, you know, of these athletes forward, um, you know, to get creative whether, and this time around the, it was, the mission was to present those to everyone in however way people receive their news and st or whatever it is so it was you know david running the newsletter but at the same time doubling down on twitter and dana running the instagram and uh jasmine and caitlin doing interviews and jumping on the podcast every night kyle backing me up in the mix zone johnny zhang and justin Britton taking photographs and you know mac kind of also helping us behind the scenes and producing these shows and you know, Sam also jumping on at one <laughs> at one point to produce the shows. Shout the out interns. to two like interns from from Lane who that you know stepped up and were like, we want to just help you guys out around the house. And I'm like, I got some tickets for you. Well, and uh, it, so it was totally a team effort. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know when the next opportunity we can have like a full scale operation like this is gonna be. And so I think like we're just gonna try and bottle up all of this you know, excitement and keep it going, I think. And, it, you know, people always talk about Hayward magic, but I think the, the the magic goes beyond just being here in Eugene. I think we want to, you know, spread that, that joy um, wherever it is that we go. So 
whether that's Budapest next year or it's Philly for New Balance Nationals or or for Penn Relays or wherever it is, like we want to bring you guys this same level of enthusiasm, excitement around the athletes and share those stories. So um, I appreciate everyone who has tuned in and watched. Like, Thanks there's to a, Tracksmith too. Yeah, Tracksmith for supporting us uh, and all of our efforts uh, with the storytelling. You guys have just a couple more hours to use promo code WORLDS at checkout. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, I can't say thank you enough to, to everyone. Like, we, you know, we got stopped by a lot of people in the stadium who said, like, thanks for, you know, the podcast or the YouTube show or even, like, the people the came out run. to our morning runs. Like, we're the real heroes. That was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was Avengers. awesome to not only just, like, kind of connect community in person, but also, like, online for the people who couldn't be out here um, at Hayward Field. And so, uh, yeah, we, we, we're just going to do more. I think, like, it's crazy to think of we're only getting started. But we only are getting started, and I'm, I'm excited for more. So, yeah, I appreciate everyone who's tuned in and listened and watched, and uh, more to come. We're making this shit up as we go, but it's yeah. going all right. Yeah, I think it's going, it's going <laughs> pretty decently. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Champs Chats on the Sidious Mag podcast. Many thanks to Tracksmith, our sponsor. Um, and I guess the next Champs Chats, maybe like a literal Champs Chats when we go, if we take Shelly Ann Fraser Price's offer and uh, go to Jamaica um, to do one there. But over the next couple of weeks on this podcast feed, what you'll see is a lot of the conversations that we had on Sidious Mag Live being broken out into their own individual podcast uh, episodes so that you can take them on the go and listen to them at your own time. In that time, I will also be taking a vacation, a much needed one. Um, so. I hope you guys enjoy all of the content we've been throwing your way, and we're going to keep this up. See you guys again soon. Love I love Trek and Field.